On this episode, you'll see how God can lift up whoever he wants and he can take down whoever he wants. And part of his promise includes power to live on another level. Stay tuned. Life was bitter to the core. There was nothing to live for until love came. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited to continue talking about what God has promised you and I. But I want to start this episode by showing you how powerful God is, that he can give what he wants to whoever he wants, and he can take away from whoever he wants, whenever he wants. About 600 years before Jesus Christ was born, there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar. He ruled the whole world at the time, and there has never been a king like him before him nor after him until the king of kings, Jesus Christ, came. I'm in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. This king had a dream, and Daniel is interpreting the dream. It was a dream from God. And here's what it says in verse 37 and 38. You, O king, are king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, and strength and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air, has he given into your hands and has made you ruler over them all. God went on to tell him that there would be inferior kingdoms after him. Later, the king had a second dream, and he didn't understand the dream, so he asked God's servant Daniel to tell him the meaning of the dream. The meaning of the dream was that the king would become prideful and think he built this great kingdom, forgetting that God had given it to him. And when he does, that he will lose his mind and be like a wild beast for seven years until he realizes that God is almighty and can give whatever he wants to whomever he wants, and he can also take it away. So 12 months after Daniel had told him the meaning of the dream, King Nebuchadnezzar came out and looked out over the kingdom of Babylon and said, is this not this great Babylon that I have built with my might? Now, as soon as he said that, A voice from heaven said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, the kingdom is departed from you. And he lost his mind. And for seven years, he was out of his mind eating grass like a wild ox. And exactly seven years later, like the dream had said, he came back to his right mind and gave God the glory. And when he did, God gave him his kingdom back. You can read about this in Daniel chapter 4. Now, if God can do this, He can also transfer wealth out of the hands of the wicked people of today and can give it to his people that would do his purpose in the earth. Listen to Haggai 
chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, says the Lord of hosts. God said he will shake all nations and that the silver and the gold is his. And he can give it to whoever he wants, whenever he wants. God has said also that the glory of this latter house, which is Christ, will be greater than the former house of the Old Testament. We are the latter house of Christ. Listen to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. For every house is built by some man, but he that builds all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm until the end. So we are the house, the latter house, that God will give the silver and the gold to. Now, how do we receive it? Do we have to work for it? Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 18. For if the inheritance be of the law, and we could say it this way, if the inheritance be of do's and don't do's, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. God has promised to freely give to us our inheritance as the seed of Abraham. We just have to believe. Listen to Galatians 3, verse 22. But the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Notice it says that is given to those that believe. You see, Jesus got the promise of the whole world by his faith. He's done the work already. We just have to believe what he did and receive. But remember, God can give it to whoever he wants, whenever he wants. But in this day, he's looking for those who have a heart for people. Those who have been patient to go through his process of preparation and have grown in love for people. Listen to Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. In other words, the father is looking for us to grow up. And the way for us to grow up is to grow up in love. You see, the time of receiving our promise, our inheritance is in the hands of our father. He sees and knows our heart. Therefore, he knows when we're ready, ready to not fall in love with what he gives us, but instead use it to be a blessing to others. So there's some work on ourselves that we need to do. Listen to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. That you be not lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. It's through faith and patience that we inherit. So we have to build our faith in God to believe we have already received it before it shows up and be patient to go through God's preparation process. God has to build our character. One of the common denominators of who God has used greatly are people who have character and a heart for people. You can see it in the lives of Abraham, 
Joseph, Moses, David, Daniel, Peter, and Paul. All of them were people of character that loved other people. Now, the promise that we have from God is guaranteed to come to pass in our lives if we have faith and patience. Listen to, again, Hebrews 6. This time I'm going to read verses 12 through 20. Here's what it says. That you be not lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast, which entered into the veil. Where the forerunner for us is entered, even Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. God cannot lie, and he has promised and sworn. There is no greater assurance of it coming to pass in our lives than God promising and swearing. We just have to have faith and patience to endure. But we have an enemy named Satan that will do all that he can to get us out of faith or to get us to faint and not be patient. And this is where Jesus and Holy Spirit comes in to help us. Listen to the 20th verse that I just read. Where the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is interceding for us, that our faith stands and we endure. Listen to Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. And the Lord said, this is Jesus talking, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Just like Jesus prayed for Peter that his faith did not fail, he's praying for us. He is also the high priest of our confession. Listen to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We have to keep saying what God says about us, about what we have and what we can do. Our words are important if we're going to receive what God has promised. We can't speak contrary to the promise and expect it to come to pass in our lives. Remember, we have to believe the promise. And if we really believe, what we are saying will agree. The other thing we see here is grace to help in time of need. If Jesus needed grace to help him, we will need it as well. Listen to John chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, this was he of whom I spoke, 
He that comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. Jesus was full of truth, which is the word of God. And he was also full of grace, the spirit of grace, Holy Spirit. One of the biggest mistakes that believers make is to underestimate the help that is available to us through Holy Spirit of grace. This is the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. She can empower us to endure and overcome everything Satan brings against us to stop us or to get us to quit. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. This is where uh, Paul is having a challenge from Satan. And here's what the Lord tells him to do. I'm at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly then, says Paul, therefore I will rather glory in my weakness, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in weakness, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I want you to notice a transformation that took place with Paul here. He's crying out for help from the Lord. And then he goes to say, hey, I take pleasure in being weak. Now, why would he say that? because he was able to get an understanding of the spirit of grace, that power was available for him when he was weak, that now you're operating from the strength of God. You see, when we are weak and we don't quit, but look to Holy Spirit of grace, she will supply us a power to overcome all that Satan's attacking us with. Jesus said before he left earth that it was important for him that he go, because if he didn't go to heaven, the Holy Spirit could not be sent to us. You see, at that time, Jesus was with them. But after him going to heaven, Holy Spirit would come to live in them in the same manner that he lived in Jesus Christ. Listen to Acts verses verse 1, 4, and 5. This is where Jesus has already died. He's risen. And now he's talking to his disciples. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from here. Part of what God promised was the gift of Holy Spirit, his spirit to live in us and to empower us. Listen to Acts chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Holy Spirit of grace is a part of what God has promised to Abraham. And she can lead us and empower us to receive all of our inheritance. We looked at Romans chapter 4 verse 13 on the last episode that says that the whole world was promised to the seed of Abraham. Everything we see is ours, but we need Holy Spirit of grace to give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding in how to obtain our inheritance. You see, our battle is not with flesh and blood, 
but with spirits of darkness that are no match for us when we move according to Holy Spirit of grace. Listen to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he, God, is faithful that promised. God is faithful to do what he promised, but we have to hold fast to our confession that lines up with our covenant. No matter what it looks like, faith is not moved by what is felt or seen. Faith in God believes what God has said above all sense knowledge evidence. Why? Because God cannot lie. And if I keep saying what God has said about me, and I believe it in my heart, my faith will change what is seen and felt. The superior realm is the unseen spirit world. It's above the realm of the senses. In that realm, the promises of God are already ours. Stubborn, non-relenting faith will bring them in this natural sense realm where we can enjoy God's precious promises. We are the generation to receive all that God has promised and to show the world that our God is like no other God. He is the almighty, he is the all-powerful, and he will perform what he promised and what he swore. What a covenant we have when we fully understand what God has made available to us. But what we don't know, we can't enforce. If we don't know what's in the covenant, how in the world can we put the covenant to work on our behalf? We got to know what it says. And once we know what it says, we have to have stubborn faith that says, this is what God said. I believe he's the same today. You know, I started off telling you about something that God did with a king who was ruling the whole world. And God showed that he could put him up and he can bring him down. Now, he's the same God. He hadn't changed. He can do that today. So he's looking for those that will dare to believe him, will dare to put their faith and confidence in him. And we're going to see such mighty miracles that the world is going to be in awe and amazement of what our God is able to bring to pass in this day. The promises of God are available for all of us today. He will never go back on his word. He will always do what he promised. He will always do what he swore. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.